We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we are not talking about a Nets win today. They lost to the Chicago Bulls on Easter, 115-107. But how are we feeling, Jack? Yeah, not bad, Nick. Happy Easter to Buzz listeners, but not necessarily the happiest Easter for Brooklyn Nets fans. And a couple of players as well. Just a bad night all around for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I mean, as many fans probably weren't interested in the game, it didn't seem like the Nets were super interested. We're going to touch on that and plenty more. But as always, you can find the Brooklyn Buzz on all streaming platforms, including otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But, Jack, I guess let's start with the starting lineup. We saw a change. Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge got the start along Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, and Kyrie Irving. What did you think about that starting lineup? I wasn't the biggest fan and was quite surprised, Nick. And, you know, Steve Nash alluded to him himself. He says that he didn't love the double big lineup of LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. And it probably isn't something the Nets go with in the future. Note that it is a small sample, though. We were just on the previous pod talking about how well LaMarcus and Jeff Green fit together, as well as Claxton and Blake Griffin. But, you know, I guess the regular season is time to experiment a little bit, but it, it just felt that you could tell early on. You know, you didn't even need the, the small sample of this entire game to be able to diagnose, no, nah, this doesn't work. These dudes are just too slow, too yep. unathletic, and you need a Jeff Green or a Klax out there to just provide the balance. Despite the fact that both are incredibly intelligent and savvy offensive players, and I've actually liked LaMarcus's defense too, and, and he showed some, some more on that end of the floor tonight as well. It's just, it's not a good fit there. The balance just, uh, it doesn't work. I think you nailed it, Jack. They're just not fast enough. You know, two slow bigs in a system in which the Nets run and what other teams have. Obviously, you know, the matchup against Chicago, they are they do play relatively big. But like you said, the Jeff Green and Aldridge combo has looked good in the past. Claxton and Griffin has looked good in the past. 
And it's like, I get wanting to test out new lineups. I'm just not sure I would have done this as a starting lineup. I would have probably tested it maybe for a few minutes during a game at some point. I would have maybe been more intrigued to see Blake and Claxton start or even Jeff Green and Claxton or Claxton and Aldridge. Like, if there's probably one combo I didn't necessarily want to see, it was probably Aldridge and Griffin just because of some of their deficiencies. Yeah, if you're experimenting with something with the starters, experiment with something that you know that works. Yep. Like we sort of talked about, you know, the numbers with Claxton and, and Griffin out there are otherworldly. And both of those guys have played well enough to earn starting spots. And, you know, obviously Lamarcus is, you know, had a nice little debut game as well, but I'm sure he's not going to be, you know, all crabby about going back to the bench or whatever. But, you know, he's been good, you know, and I just think this wasn't the right mix. You know, it's good that Steve Nash was able to recognize it as well. But, you know, I don't think it necessarily, you, you just have to do it for an entire game. Or like you mentioned, with the starters. And I know the Nets lack size sometimes. But, and, you know, the Bulls, you know, they had Larry Markham playing the three at times with Thaddeus <laughs> Young and, and Vooch in the front court. That was a weird mix, but it worked for them. You know, they obviously got the W. But for us, I just don't understand it because especially offensively and with Kyrie Irving, you know, I think pace is needed. It just it makes the floor, it just it just opens up the floor. It opens up spaces for Kai. It opens up spaces for Joe from three, Samuel Landry Shaman. Jeff Green's later able to attack lanes a little bit better as well. I just don't think it worked. And I think Kyrie sort of kind of was talking about it a little bit as well in the post-game presses. I think he needs a bit more pace. We sort of talked about that, you know. It, it might have worked better if you had about James Harden. Again, that, that's just me philosophizing. I just honestly don't think that this was ever going to work, uh, even if, you know, before the game, it was just like, ooh, this is kind of cool. I never thought it was going to work, to be honest, Nick. Yeah, and also it hurt the second unit because now you don't have a Blake Griffin who's somewhat of your playmaker when Kyrie Irving's on the bench. And we saw the second unit really struggle in the beginning of this game when a lot of the starters went to the bench. So I just thought, you know, I get it. Like you said, Jack, Steve Nash wanted to test out new things, but I think you realize quickly that, hey, this is not a good idea. We need to kind of switch from this. And he did later on in the game, but it felt like maybe it was a little bit too late. Obviously, you know, that's not the only reason the Nets lost. I felt like the effort level and the intensity wasn't super high today. We which is expected on a holiday. Yeah, too much chocolate or too much, you know, roast <laughs> pork, roast lamb or jelly beans, whatever it is that people eat on this holiday, despite the fact that, you know, logistically speaking, chocolate, Jesus, all the a bunny rabbit. I don't know how it all makes sense, but you know, the the book on that starting life doesn't didn't make sense. The Easter bunny and, and Jesus Christ, their relationship doesn't necessarily make <laughs> sense. So it kind of works on, on today's Brooklyn Buzz. Yeah, it really does, Jack. And I just felt like, you know, Chicago looked like a team that was a little hungrier. And I think they took advantage of some of the matchups they got in this game. And, you know, with the Nets, we're also missing a James Harden, a Kevin Durant in this game, which are two really big pieces for them. Yeah, I thought that they just attacked the lane a lot more. And, you know, sometimes the, the Nets weren't quick enough to close out. You know, when yep. you have, you know, Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge helming that back line, they didn't necessarily have the requ requisite athleticism to necessarily get there. Even though, I, again, I do want to stress that I've actually been quite impressed with LaMarcus Aldridge's defense today. You know, he got a, a block in there as well. Uh, and I think, you know, he's he, when he was isolated onto uh, Zach Levine, he forced him into a tough shot and also the miss. He had three blocks today, sorry, yeah, for LaMarcus Aldridge. I, I, I again say that I think he does deserve to start. I just don't think Blake Griffin is the, the right uh, front court partner for him. So continue starting LaMarcus, put Blake on that bench with Clax. It's just the, the synergy you already know. We didn't necessarily need this experimentation, as I sort of said, to know that LaMarcus Aldridge is going to work better with the Kevin Durant, with the Jeff Green, with one of these sort of dudes. 
Yeah, and I did something else to touch on. Claxton only played eight minutes tonight, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Just considering some of the issues you just mentioned, Jack, you know, closing out, you know, rotating to the paint, being quicker, and Claxton's the type of guy that provides that. And he plays with good intensity almost the entire time he's on the court because I think he's also becoming a really good rebounder as well. Oh, yeah, even Blake Griffin alluded to how good his rebounding ha- has become. It was intriguing and interesting, Nick, you know, to see only eight minutes, whether, like, his minutes are being saved. I saw a couple of people, Seth Part now, sort of alluding to the fact this is why you don't get big buyout guys because they take away the minutes from the, the guys that do matter. I just don't think that the Nets thought this game mattered a lot. And yeah. if the game truly did matter, you'd see Clax playing 20, 25 minutes. And, you know, I hope, I truly hope this is just a one-game sort of blip and we see against a, a front line of Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, Nerlens Noel, we see Clax out there exploiting, exploiting them with his athleticism and his perimeter ability to just lock down dudes because eight minutes isn't enough for your most talented defender. And in a game where you need a defense, Clax should be playing more than eight minutes. So... I'm not going to read too much into it, Nick, but if this does happen more than once, it's the same as sort of like, you know, one one sort of game is sort of like, you know, a a blip on the radar, you know, more than one is a trend or more than one, you know, is something to worry about. And even more than that is a trend. So we know that Nicholas Claxton is the best center on this roster right now. It's, It's plain to see. Surely Steve Nash is smart enough to see that as well. It was just a bit puzzling tonight why he didn't choose to use Clax out there. It's not that, you know, Nikola Vucic, there was, you know, in games previously, you know, we saw Nicholas Claxton block a a Nikola Vucic post-up attempt, a a post-up fadeaway. So it it just seemed to me that, I don't know, the Nets and the coaching staff did a lot to lose this game rather than to win this game. Yeah, I agree, Jack, especially kind of like you mentioned, marketing playing at, a, you know, at the three sometimes and Vucevic going out to the three point line, going inside out and just the players they have. It feels like the type of matchup you'd want to have a guy like Nick Claxton out there for, especially because it just never felt like the Nets offense was like fully clicking this one. They did score 107 points, but it's not it's not a season high for them. No, you know, the, a lot of that is the last quarter, Nick, because it was the only quarter that they scored above 30 points, 35, and they only had 18 points out in the second period too, where things started to get a little bit bogged down and you, you were alluding to that second unit, you know, the lack of you know, self-creation and shot creation yeah. without Blake Griffin in there certainly didn't help. And obviously Kyrie Irving sitting for the minutes that he needed to sit too. And it, it was just one of those games where everything was just a little bit off and, you know, on a better game with a few more healthy players and, you know, a, a greater intensity and, and better coaching and you know, a better calling of timeouts all these different sort of things i think the nets do get the win and then the bulls are we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
looking to really solidify themselves, try and get a, a playoff seed. And you know, this game mattered more to them than it did the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and obviously, I think, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for the team, but it is a holiday. Chicago is at home. They're probably able to go see their family, enjoy themselves. We've kind of alluded to on the last Brooklyn Buzz, the Nets had this game at 2 o'clock, and then they're playing the Knicks tomorrow at 7 p.m. So it's like they're not getting much rest. They're probably a little aggravated, and that kind of happens on the court sometimes, especially in games where you don't have all your players and you're not super interested. And like you said, it kind of almost felt like the coaching staff wasn't super into this one either, which... Like, it's okay because this season is crazy condensed and they've played a ton of games and they've won a ton of games over the last 25. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Yeah, I wonder, I guess, just looking at the big picture of it all, how much the one seed is going to matter. You know, who is the matchup going to be? Who is going to be that eight seed? Is it going to be the Chicago Bulls? You know, that seven seed, is it going to be a Pacers or whoever? Could the Nets, you know, want to drop down to that two seed? You know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it does all play out because I think the seeding, you know, the Nets, I don't think are going to fear anyone and, you know, yeah. are going to want to take. They're just going to do their own thing and focus on themselves. I, I just think just overall, because there, it is such a slog from four to 11 that, you know, the Nets could get anyone from, from the Knicks themselves who we versed tomorrow to the yep. Bulls that we versed today to the Hornets who we versed the other day. There's just so, such jockeying for seeding and position at this early stage. Yeah, I think the, obviously the biggest benefit of having the one seed is just you likely only have to face the Bucks or or 76ers once instead of maybe having to face both those teams, you know, getting a second round matchup maybe against the Bucks and then facing the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think the Nets, like you said, are fearing anybody, but you want to try to make your route as easy as possible. But injuries are still more important. And we saw a couple of those today, Jack. Yeah, that really, really sucked, Nick. I think it really put a dampen on what was already a, a pretty poor performance to, to lose Tyler Johnson to a knee injury, which didn't look good. And, you know, our thoughts, prayers and everything are, are with him. Um, hopefully that's nothing too serious. Um, obviously a non-contact injury, which is not, not necessarily something you want to see. And we did see Landry Shamit uh, walking a little bit gimpy after uh, possibly re-aggravating his ankle injury. Two really important guys in the rotation. Landry Shamit has been great since his return. Been shooting the ball like a flamethrower absolutely uh, you know attacking and and making the right shots you know handling the ball a little bit and Tyler Johnson you know we, we've said so many so many great things about him this season uh, and, and even on the previous pop where I was hyping him up saying he's the most underrated underappreciated Brooklyn there to see him you know work his way back to you know a, a fully credentialed and, and productive NBA player hopefully this is nothing too serious um, and you know whether he's missing a, an extended period of games in the regular season he's able to get himself back by the end of it um, I just hope it's not a season ending injury Nick and um, both of these guys uh, deserve a clean bill of health, as do the Brooklyn Nets overall. But it, it just really sucks. It just puts a dampening on any sort of game. Even if the Nets won, this would have been, to me, you know, a pretty hollow win if the Nets did win and we lose two of our, our really solid rotation players and, and guys that you just want to root for. So it just it's just really shitty. 
Yeah, obviously Shamit just coming back too and him having that great game previously. But like you said, Tyler Johnson really earning himself back into the NBA and into a rotation on a championship team, which is tough to do. So credit to him. And like you said, hopefully it's nothing serious. Jack, if it were hypothetically serious and he did have to miss a large amount of time, do you think the Nets would go out and sign another guard? Yeah, I mean, Ben McElmore's obviously been rumored uh, a little bit too. He's obviously got links with the Mike D'Antoni and, and James Hunt and the Houston Rocket system. I think that that's a, a signing. Well, again, we don't want to remain cold and callous yep. about this, but it's the nature of the business. And, you know, I think that in the moment, it, it's always a bit hard to just go, oh, come on, guys, let's just chill a little bit. But with some time removed from it, I think that Sean Marks is certainly going to be thinking that way as well. You know, there isn't a great amount of guards that are available, but. You know, Ben McElmore is a guy that I think could slot in okay. I, there is also a part of me, you know, he does shoot the three ball well. Um, he moves it. He just knows how to do that sort of role player um, the role that we need uh, on this team. But a part of me does also think that, you know, I think he could become a, a second whipping boy for the Brooklyn Nets if he's, mm. you know, shooting eight or nine threes and hitting only one or two of them and continuing to shoot them. Uh, but ultimately, you want to have bodies in it. You want to have healthy bodies more than anything. And if Sean Marks needs to do that signing, we do have the extra guy uh, that we need uh, in the roster and then the rotation. Alizé Johnson's still on that second 10-day. Maybe we do sign uh, AJ in that extent too. He's shown some some nice things, but I think you want a, a more experienced and, and ready-made a player that, that that's ready to play some genuine rotation minutes. And Macklemore can do that, even though he wasn't doing it in Houston. I think that he's not a part of their rebuild going forward. We'll have to wait and see how it does pan out. Hopefully, Nick, it's just that, you know, Tyler Johnson doesn't have that serious of an injury. The scans come back uh, positive. Same for Landry Shamit. And, you know, we have both of our guys that we love uh, back and playing for the black, black and white sooner rather than later. We don't have to think about a, bad Ma- a Ben Macklemore or a different player. 100% too. And obviously, you know, you have three guards injured right now, which is less than ideal in Shamit, Johnson and Harden, who it looks like Harden should be back. And it looks like Kevin Durant, hopefully will be back this week as well. It'll make you forget about some of the other stuff real quick. But still, these guys, like you said, Jack, have put in a lot of work this season to help the Nets get to the spot that they're at. Definitely. They deserve so much credit individually as a collective, buying into their roles, contributing to this team. You know, there's so many games this season where you're like, damn, Landry Shamit's been awesome. You know, without Landry Shamit, you know, we don't have this offensive explosion. Without Tyler Johnson in like that Phoenix Suns game, I don't think we get yep. the win. You know, that was an absolutely incredible performance. Him and, and James Harden really leading the team in that comeback it was absolutely awesome. So hopefully we see more moments from Tyler Johnson and he comes back. It's just a, a little bit of a niggle and, and nothing more than that. I've got all my fingers and toes crossed to, to make sure that is the case because, you know, TJ's been absolutely awesome for the Brooklyn Nets this season. Landry Shamit's um, really revitalized his form too. So hopefully these guys, uh, we see back sooner rather than later. Yeah, and Jack, I guess just another point in which you kind of referenced earlier in terms of attacking, the Nets only attempted seven free throws in this game, which is just... Obviously, they're missing their big guns, but it's still just kind of an unacceptable number for a championship-level team. Like, I, I would assume that at minimum, you want to be shooting double digits. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Green had four of them himself, you know, and, yeah. and you, you didn't have Kyrie getting any. I think some of the, the refereeing and officiating was, again, yeah. you know, a little bit lackluster in, in that regard. But I don't think the Nets showed a lot of purpose in, in, in that extent, uh, enough yep. aggression. And again, it, it just because of the style of play and the lineups that were out there, 
those guys weren't necessarily able to attack and and, and given the, the space and opportunities to do that. You know, Kyrie Irving in the open court is generally when he gets a lot of those opportunities. You know, same thing with Bruce Brown and, and these sort of dudes. You, know, you get easy free throws because, you know, guys, the, need to, the, the defense needs to bail you out. And the Nets just didn't get those opportunities today. So, you know, I think that that's a, another blip in the radar, Nick. And I know it's something that I'm sure the coaching staff will be looking at and uh, trying to make sure that the Nets continue to show aggression because that, that's their style of play. They want to be aggressive. They want to force the defense into making poor decisions. And you, know, you get James Harden back, you get Kevin Durant back, there's an extra 10 free throws minimum, I would think. But hopefully yeah. um, we get those guys back sooner rather than later and it comes back as well. And, and, and our two rotation players are healthy too. And, and it forces Steve Nash to make some tough decisions. Yeah, and I think you nailed it, Jack, when you said the free throws and that's not having cohesion offensively. They weren't really moving fast and attacking, and that's not that's going to prevent you from getting those opportunities. And really, it was a difference in the game. You know, Chicago 21-30, Nets 6-7, of seven, which is kind of just a crazy differential you see usually in teams that are substantially different in talent, where the Nets, on the other hand, really are substantially even probably more talented than this Bulls team missing some of their guys. And like you mentioned, there's not necessarily great rim protection on the Chicago Bulls team either, so you think attacking the paint would have been a little little bit more on the radar but it just seemed like a really off night for the team in general yeah i mean blake griffin lamarcus aldridge those two dudes you know aren't gonna really take five three throws a night when yep. you look at jeff green again who led the team in that department you put him alongside lamarcus aldridge you've Kyrie irving a little bit more space you give joe yep. harris a little bit more space you give bruce brown a little bit more space yeah I mean, some free guys- throws you get Claxton some free throws. He's playing alongside Blake Griffin because they've got a, some really nice chemistry as well. You know, I think that that changes the trajectory of that stat and just of the offense in general. So it's obviously just the minor tinkerings that can make such a massive difference, Nick. Yeah. Jack, any other aspects of the game you want to touch on today? I think Kyrie Irving deserves a heap of credit again, Nick. 15 assists for him tonight to go with 24 points, a couple of boards, a couple of steals. I think the way he's been leading this team uh, in terms of facilitating a defense uh, isn't really getting enough you know, credit and, 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 and praise. You know, I think a lot of people that have been watching this team will be noticing that. But people outside the team that are just like seeing the Brooklyn Nets lose games or just scrape out some wins aren't necessarily going to be watching how Kyrie Irving has been playing because Kyrie Irving's obviously... And tonight, you know, his left hand was just like his right hand. It's just like, wait, are you ambidextrous now, Kai? I mean, the way that he was like getting bankers, didn't know the, that the bank was open on Easter Sunday, but um, he's incredible. Absolutely incredible offensive player. We know that, but his ability to just, you know, he's been fighting through screens really, really well because I think he knows in the absence of these other guys, he needs to lead this team in every single department. And it's a great burden to, to have on you because Kyrie Irving has done that in, in last season for this Brooklyn Nets team and for the Boston Celtics in season past. But I think he's showing a level of capability that he hasn't in seasons past and you know the reason why the Brooklyn Nets didn't get this win certainly wasn't because of him yeah and I also think he's showcasing more in terms of the leadership on the bench you know you constantly see him kind of encouraging guys patting them on the back like yo we're going to get this next possession I think you're seeing just more positive vibes and like you said you know he's really tried to lead this team I think the three-point shot if that's on tonight you know you might see even a bigger game from Kyrie because it seems like it's still a little bit shaky at this point I think, it, yeah, it wasn't on for the team at all, Nick, because you, you yeah. look at th- three-point shooters that you normally are like, okay, they're, they're going to hit it. Joe Harris, one from four. Kyrie Irving, oh, four. You know, you get three threes out of those dudes and you get a yeah. win. It's, it's as simple as that. So I think, and you know, thankfully we had Jeff Green out there, four of six from three, and Landry Shammer continuing to uh, do his thing with three of six from three. So I think the three-point shot was uh, another reason with the free throws. Two, you know, big important parts of the Nets offense and just a naturally sort of humming when 
that the offense is in motion and and is sort of in, in synergy. But tonight, neither of those things were sort of happening, and it was probably one of the reasons why the Nets lost. And again, massive credit to Kyrie Irving. He again was just cooking dudes left, right, and center. Uh, his ability to create his own offense while still maintaining the balance and getting 15 dimes. These are the sort of things where it's just like James Harden is doing. You know, yeah. and, and these are James Harden numbers. And obviously, James Harden has greater size about him. I'm just loving the the continued credit where it's just like, you know, God made Kyrie Irving six foot because if he made him <laughs> six eight, it just would be unfair. And look, if Kyrie Irving had five inches and he was James Harden's height or, or even a bit taller, then man, he would be the best player in the NBA because he'd be absolutely unstoppable. He's already unstoppable, Nick. But I think, you know, uh, uh, just to talk about the Kyrie that we do have, uh, I'm just loving what he's doing. Again, he's just fighting so much and, and, and just doing so much for this team, showing such a great desire and, and just providing this team with such a great energy. Uh, and I think that, you know, without him, the, the Nets are going to be struggling absolutely massively. And um, he is uh, an incredible, incredible player. And I don't want to lose sight of that, even if it isn't a loss. Yeah, no, I agree, Jack. And obviously he's having an incredible season. Has really turned it up. And like you said, if he was any taller, I think, the only issue he really has offensively is people getting him off his spot with their strength. And usually he can kind of, you know, counter that with his speed. But occasionally at the rim, like you said, you know, the refs don't really give him a ton of calls. He had zero free throws, which is kind of ridiculous. But if he was a little bit bigger, some of those possessions would result in buckets. And like you said, he'd really be unstoppable. He's one of the most poorly officiated players in the league, it seems to Especially me. Nick. for a small player. Usually you see all these small players, and not to be, you know, just biased, but like when Isaiah Thomas had that MVP season, how many calls did he, he didn't win MVP, obviously he was up in the running for it, but how many calls did he get just for really being a smaller player? Yeah, and look, Chris Paul obviously gets to the line yep. quite a bit too. It just seems a little bit odd. Trey Young. Trey Young, and, and look, Trey Young has, I guess, some of those James Harden tendencies. Uh, it doesn't necessarily get to the rim as much as I think Kyrie Irving does and shows the purpose down there. So, yeah, it just it's a little bit of an odd one. Maybe, you know, Kyrie Irving isn't flopping enough, but I don't want him to be. I want him to be playing just his natural game, and, you know, I don't want him to hurt his body because, you know, him on the ground isn't necessarily the best thing in the world because, you know, you want him to be, you know, fit and firing and, and not necessarily aggravating any ailments, whether it's shoulder, leg, ankles, or, or knees, or whatever it is. But, yeah, thirty nine minutes for him tonight as well. I think that is a pretty, you know, large number. Hopefully when James Harden and Kevin Durant are back sooner rather than later, we can get that number back to a more a reasonable amount. But again, he has missed some time of late. So I guess it's it, it, it does make sense to, uh, to an extent too. Yeah, I agree. And I, it'll be interesting to see if he plays tomorrow. You know, he's played some back-to-backs. He hasn't necessarily played them all. So let's see if he's playing. Seems like Blake Griffin will likely be out in that game. Like we said, James Harden at Signs are pointing to him coming back against the game against the Knicks, but we really don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting. But, Jack, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Oh, look, this game, I think, Nick, is one you sort of just will, will put to the wayside, you know, move yep. on, move on to the next one. And, you know, I try and hopefully learn more things, things I want to see in the next game, get clacks in those minutes again, yep. let him have that impact on the floor, change that starting lineup, whether it's just James Harden comes in for Blake Griffin and you put Blake Griffin on the bench. Uh, I think that would be absolutely fine, even if it is a little bit small. Um, even in saying that, Jeff Green has been playing really, really capable basketball. Yep. You know, I think he is uh, on, the, on the Nets' best day. 
saying he's a starter. You know, he, you know, the way that he's been playing of late, you know, he seems to be, you know, over that shoulder injury and he's, he's playing really well defensively. You know, one thing I will say as well, you know, he does get, he's not necessarily the, and this is weird to say, obviously, Claxton is probably the guy I want to see isolated most on an island against Zach Levine, against uh, whoever else. Because Jeff Green still, I mean, he's 34 years old, so I can't necessarily yeah. expect him to be Marcus Smart out there uh, or Ben Simmons. But it, it, there were times tonight where Zach Levine's athleticism did have you know a, a bit of an effect on Jeff Green, but it has an effect on any goddamn play because Zach Levine's been incredible this season. Yeah, I think us, us, honestly, like Zach Levine's a little underrated at this point. I think Jeff Green really struggles with the guys that you have to really play tight at the three-point line. And Zach Levine, I think, was he shooting like 40% from three this season. And like you need to be on top of them to really press them. And that's where he struggles, especially with Levine still, even after the ACL injury, being one of the best athletes in the NBA. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, it's it's not an aberration for Jeff Green. It's going to be an aberration for for plenty of players this season. So yeah, hopefully Steve Nash makes some adjustments. Hopefully we see two our two best players back in the black and white. Whether it's against the Knicks or the Pelicans or the yeah. Lakers, uh, it's going to be an interesting week for Nets fans, and uh, it's just going to be good to see two of our best players back. And you know we've got our, our fingers and toes crossed for two really important players as well, and Andrew Shaman and Tyler Johnson. Hopefully we, they get. If not a clean bill of health, at least a somewhat manageable bill of health going forward. Yep, 100%. Hopefully we see that injury report. It's looking really good tomorrow. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. And you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Happy Easter, guys. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.